It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast. It's great to be with you today. If you're new to the podcast, I'm James Erpine. We do this every single weekday, the Locked On Bengals podcast. This is a special edition. I'm doing it from the home office today. And you're going to hear my conversation with Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. I caught up with Jeff on Friday. And it's interesting because this Bengals offseason is one where they've made a lot of moves. I think a lot of good moves. I think a lot of us would agree that the Bengals have made good moves this offseason. And I continue to look at those at LockedOnBengals.com. There's a lot there right now, including Mock Draft 3.0. So you should check that out at LockedOnBengals.com. Also, tweeted out links at James Rapine at LockedOnBengals. But... Like I said, I caught up with Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, and I asked him if he thinks it's a change in philosophy. What sparked this sudden open-mindedness, so to speak, of the Bengals front office? Because I don't think any one of us would have expected them to trade for Cordy Glenn, and yet here we are. So here's my conversation with Jeff Hobson and my question about the philosophy going into this offseason. Well, I think... uh... You know, and I know they get ripped. I, I know they got ripped for saying, "Well, this year is is, is, is they want to win now." But there are teams that actually don't do that. You know, there are teams in this league that um, you know take a year or two and rebuild. There's a certain team up north that has done that, and uh, you know, Tennessee and Jacksonville did it and did a hell of a job. But these guys have decided, "Look, we've got to." You know, they've had two bad years. But they've looked around and they said, well, hell, the talent's here. Well, if the talent's here, what's the problem? I think they answered it. Coaches and schemes seems to me that seems to be the answer, at least their answer right now. And uh, to me, that's a, that's a very interesting conclusion. It is. It, it is. And to me, especially, let's start, let's do it. It's obvious that the offensive line and the biggest – change is Paul Alexander. He's here. He's been here longer than Marvin. That change happens. And it sounds like the Bengals feel like that's going to make a, a big, significant difference uh, on the offensive line this year versus previous years. Well, it's something I'm very expectant about, uh, James. Uh, very expectant. Uh, um, to me, um, they have declined the last two years largely because their skill players have not been able to perform because of the offensive line. Dalton's play, I think Dalton has played well in the face of adversity. I know you'll get the other, you know, I, I, I think he's kept them in. He's the reason they won 13 games and didn't win eight. I mean, I, I think he's really hung in there. And uh, I don't know if it's scheme, if it's players. It's probably a combination of both. But, you know, they have to, they, they have got to turn this thing around. You know, I mean, um, um, a lot of people looked at back in the day in the 90s when Montoya left 
you know, that was the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are trying to make the same supposition with Witt and Zeitler going. Well, they've got a chance to turn that around because they did in the they did this year what they didn't do in the nineties. Made a bold move. They get a very good left tackle, and they're in prime shape. They're in prime shape in the first and second rounds to draft some offensive linemen, which they did not do in the nineties. They relied on Jim McNally's guile to. Uh, Get uh, you know to to develop guys. So I think you know they're really looking to turn to that. I think this year with the hiring of Pollock and I think the kind of people they're going to bring in. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com is our guest. You mentioned the draft, and to me, I, I try to follow the draft as closely as anyone. I didn't like the linemen at 12 that would that are projected to be there at 12. And my fear was, pre-Cordy Glenn trade, they were going to reach simply because it was such a need, and, and you have all these players in their primes, and you needed to do it. And the Cordy Glenn trade in my mind, opens things up because now you have the left tackle plugged in. You don't have to reach on alignment if one isn't there based on the draft board. As of now, and I know we're still about a month away from the draft, how do you feel like the Bengals are – how many positions are they open to? Who are they kind of zeroing in on um, at the 21 spot? Maybe not specific players, but positions. Well, I think you said it. It opened it up. I mean, it's almost like it's a freebie pick there. Uh, you just you just lean back and you take the best guy there, and um, you know people will say, well, you know, you know, it's okay to take a corner there if he's the best player. You know what I mean? I think sure. that's a, I think they view it as a, you know, I think in the first round they see it as a as uh, as a starter who plays a premium position, and if they've already got one. At a premium spot, I don't think that matters. As long as he's the best player up there, I still think they're going to do that. Because, you know, we've heard that this is a deep draft. Guards, centers, you know, rounds two, three, four, you know, that's pretty, it, it sounds like that's going to be pretty lucrative in those if for guards and centers. So, you know, you don't have to grab one. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you have to grab anything at the, in the first round. I think you got to make sure you get the, you got to make sure you get a quality guy. You got to make sure that you know um, that he can start, mm-hmm. and you can't grab him just because he fills a need. Yeah. That that you know you might have had to. That's why number twelve. And you're exactly right. Twelve didn't match. There wasn't an in, there. Was, it was too low for an impact player, and it was too high to fill a need. So you know now I think you have filled the need. With Glenn, and now you can lean back, take the best player, and then you can pick pick guys off uh, through the rest of the draft. Yeah, and, and st- there are still, in my mind, plenty of needs that the Bengals have. One that I didn't realize they felt this way. At, at least it's it's something I've heard. I know you've written about uh, written about it. They went after Kurt Coleman, uh, former safety of the Carolina Panthers. He signed with New Orleans. 
do they feel like uh, uneasy about the safety position? Because here I was thinking that their defensive backs and their secondary was pretty set, but they, it, it sounds like they went hard after Kurt Coleman. How do you think they feel about the safety spot? And do you think they might look uh, to some other free agents to potentially fill that? I think that's evolving, James, from what I can gather. They're looking for somebody who can pick the ball off, you know, and that just, uh, that has not happened since Reggie Nelson left. Uh, so they're looking for a guy, I think, that can make a play. I think also tied into there is what is, how does Bell Austin want to run this thing? You know, Marvin, and, you know, with Zimmer and Gunther, pretty much the safeties have been interchangeable. But do they want to go back to a free safety, uh, you know, to a free safety slash center fielder type thing? And a guy in the box, you know, I mean, I think that, that I think has yet to be decided, too. I think the draft is going to dictate it, too. I think, uh, I don't, you know, they, they went for Coleman, but now they can't, I don't think they think they can afford a guy like Coleman or maybe even an Eric Reed or something like that right now. They're tapped out. So I think the draft is going to judge, you know, if they get a guy they like in the draft, then they won't go after maybe one of those veteran safeties, you know. Uh, I, I, I think they grab a safe. To me, it sounds like they're looking for a guy that can pick the ball off. I think they're going to try and get one in the draft. Do you and, if they can't get one the, and if they can't get one in the draft, maybe they revisit it after the draft. Do you think they are open to, to looking, as of now, free agency-wise, anywhere? Or are they probably done, barring something unforeseen, until after the draft? Yeah, I think they're done. Yeah, they're done. I mean, they're, they're, they have to cut. I mean, they're going to have to probably whack somebody I would think after the draft. I mean, I think they'll go into, you know, because uh, they've got to get some room here for uh, for Carlos, and for not only Gino and Carlos, but some other guys, too. So I think they've got to make a fairly, they're going to have to make some significant moves after the draft, I think, to get, uh, you know, to get some money. I, 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 I think, I mean, if, if anything, they'll be looking to reduce, not to add. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, is our guest. As far as... Uh, the off season goes. One thing that, and I, I was a big advocate uh, a year ago of going after a receiver with the ninth pick. Uh, I was big on Corey Davis, just as big on John Ross. Obviously, the Bengals got John Ross. Uh, I probably get a tweet every single day reminding me that Ross didn't catch a pass last season. Yeah. How do yeah. they feel about the ninth overall pick? I know Marvin talked about it in Orlando, said John was never in his doghouse. I hear that. I felt differently in season. How do you think the Bengals feel about John Ross right now? I was surprised he didn't have a doghouse because I think I've been <laughs> in it. I think I think I think Jeremy Hill was in it. I think there were some other guys in there. You know, they'll be surprised it wasn't a doghouse. But uh, I, you know, I think Marvin is. Uh, um, I think I think, I, I, but I do think Marvin is a John Ross guy. There's nobody who respects speed more than Marvin Lewis, who as as a defensive coordinator. You know, you know what he always said. What keeps him up late at night are those guys that throw it over your head, mm-hmm. and you can throw it over the head with John Ross. You know, and uh, I think what's been—it's kind of interesting to me because I, I do think the receivers are kind of the uh, been kind of the untold story this offseason. It's the big after the offensive line, just a huge question mark. Agreed. You got a guy not only John, 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 seventeen snaps, no catches. What about Josh Malone, who played something like two hundred and seventy snaps? And he just had, and he, he had like four catches and seventeen targets, you know. Mm-hmm. So big questions with these two two guys, right? I thought what was interesting was that when they went over to India and they looked at the receivers, 
they thought, they didn't think there was anybody over there that was better than Ross and Malone. You know, they've got high regard for these guys. And to me, that's going to be the biggest question. You know, what is Marvin going to do? Because LaFell is taking LaFell. Is, it, it, listen, LaFell is a fine player and really a guy that they, they have needed the last couple of years. But, you know, they got to get some answers on these young guys, okay. you know. So I think that's going to be, to me, and I, and I, I believe me, I, uh, Marvin wants John Ross to succeed because that keeps, people, that, that keeps those guys up late at night, that speed. Yeah, so... There's there's been some speculation, and I just figured you might be the best to ask. Was Marvin on board? Do you think with the John Ross pick? Um, yeah, you know, I think uh, I think he understood it. You know, I I I, I think he understood it. I I think uh, he certainly was on board enough that they made the pick. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think if he had, uh, you know, I think if he had uh, obviously if he didn't want Ross, then I don't think they would have got. So. Uh, um, He's certainly on board now <laughs> because <laughs> no you know, choice. <laughs> they don't they don't have a you know they have got to they have got to surround AJ you know yeah. I mean you don't know about Eifert you know I mean LaFell I love LaFell but he, you know he's not going to win any you know he's not going to win any gold medals in the hundred so you know they they need Ross and Malone to play so I mean uh, you know I you know it's good they've got him you know I mean you can debate it all you want. You know, the funny thing was, the, the, the thing was, well, they should have traded down and got a pass rusher. You know what? They got two pretty good pass rushers sitting at three and four. So, you know, I, I don't think they would have thought. I don't think they, you know, looking back on it, what would they have solved if they had slid down to 22 or if they had taken a Kansas City deal? You know, do they end up with, uh, you know, McKinley, the guy from Cal? What did he do last year? You know, they got the best pass rusher in the draft and lost them. So, they come out of it with the best of both worlds. They get the fastest receiver in, you know, in a generation. And uh, plus you get two, two of the best pass rushers in the draft. So I think they think, James, if they can stack a – I think they feel like they had great drafts in 16 and 17. And I think they feel like if they can stack on another one, then they're looking at doing a – they're looking at repeating the run of 11 to, to 15. Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome. I know Bengals fans would certainly love to see that. Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com, is our guest. As far as the draft goes in April, the Bengals have 11 draft picks, obviously a, a couple compensatory selections from the previous year. In my mind, I look at this, and they've already traded back to 21. I think with 11 picks, I could totally see them, whether it's in day two of the draft or day three, using a couple of those picks and trading up, if necessary, quality over quantity? Because I don't think they're going to be able to get 11 players to stick on this roster. Uh, what do you think about that idea? I, I agree with you. I mean, I think they've, uh, they've tried to do it, too. I mean, they, they tried to do it last year. They tried to get up. They were afraid somebody was going to take Lawson. They tried to get up to the first pick in the fourth round and couldn't do it and couldn't get up. So uh, they, they have shown, you know, they tried to get up to. They tried to uh, trade up to get to get Taylor Mays back in the day, you know. So they've they've shown, you know, Duke Tobin has shown uh, that that tendency that he will go up and get a guy in the mid rounds, you know. And you know, you're right. I could definitely, uh, I could, I could definitely see them, um, you know, trying to trying to do that, you know, uh, particularly when they are talking about, you know, this draft being strong. At uh, 
at guard, you know, at guard and center, you know, you could see him maybe, or or, or maybe even in the D line getting a D tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, it's it's strong on both sides of the line. So I could definitely see him, you know, maybe trying to get up in the fourth round or the third round and and uh, and grabbing a guy. Can I give you Jeff Hobson, Bengals.com. You can call me crazy if you want. All right. Uh, because this is, this is my crazy outlandish idea to win in 2018. You ready? As long as you don't, you know, as long as you don't tell me something like, uh, you know, Barkley should be the quarterback. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. It, it has nothing <laughs> to do with Andy Dalton. It actually has to do with giving okay. him another weapon. Um, okay. first, to trade the first and third round picks, maybe the third round pick next year, but the the twenty first overall pick and whatever else to get uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, jeez! <laughs> I think I'd rather. I mean, I mean, you lived through Chad Johnson, right? And I love Chad Johnson. I love Chad. Yes. I mean, but uh, he's I my favorite I, Bengal know, ever. He just, yeah, and he was. You know what? The thing about people forget about Chad is he produced. Yep. Uh, you know, before he kind of got wrapped up in everything, and that's kind of what worries me about Beckham a little bit. He seems to be a little wrapped up in more than football. You know, yeah. I mean, is he? Uh, you know, I kind of like the picks they get. You know, I kind of like where they're sitting with the picks. I mean, <laughs> I understand Beckham and all that, but I, I don't know what he. You know, he might just be more. You know, it just might be more more to handle than maybe you know. You and, and you're going to be giving up a lot. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I just. Uh, uh, you know, I like Malone. I'm, listen, I'm not saying Malone's Beckham, but here's a guy. Here's a guy who can fly, and he's got good hands. And you know, I like having those draft picks. You know, I, I, I like having those draft picks. I think they made their one trade. I figured. I figured. You know? but... And, 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 but maybe you know what? Yeah, I mean, and I, I just worry about Beckham because after living through what happened with Chad and everything like that, and just you know. It's just, it seems like uh, he'd be, uh, he'd kind of bring his own personal circus. Chad never had an A.J. Green to, to live under, though. No, that's for sure. You know, I mean, it is interesting. <laughs> I mean, to pair, to pair oh, uh, A.J. with uh, Beckham, you know, that's, uh, that would be interesting. It'd be a lot of fun. It could be a pain in the, you know, I mean, it could be a pain in the neck, too. But, uh, you know, I'd rather see him, I'd rather see him solidify the offensive line, do what they have to do. To get the offensive line fixed, but I think in order and the defensive line, mm-hmm. and I think in order to do that, they got to keep these picks. Good stuff from Jeff Hobson. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Thank you so much for listening. Check out Mock Draft 3.0 and all sorts of other great content at LockedOnBengals.com. Until Tuesday, thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.